I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. This week, we are doing Pixar's Brave. Uh, Pixar's first princess movie. And uh, they described it as their first fairy tale. And uh, yeah, uh, Merida, the main character of Brave, would become the first princess to be part of the Disney princess line that did not come from a... Walt Disney Studios animated film and to this day is the only princess to not come from a Walt Disney Studios animated film. Uh, I I doubt Disney is rushing to put like Star Wars or Marvel princesses in their Disney princess line, especially when those toys can still sell as being part of their respective toy lines. Yeah. But also, it's I didn't realize it until, you know, doing the the research for this, that this was the first Pixar movie to have a woman in the lead role. Yeah, uh, we would get many afterwards, Inside Out, Elemental and the like. But yeah, this is the first Pixar film to have a female, a woman in the main character slot and uh you know mm. it seems weird of... that it took them till 2012 to be like hey let's make a a movie about a girl yeah yeah but i mean the the history of the production of this movie it's so it's so crazy that I'm surprised this movie even got made. So this movie was the idea of Brenda Chapman. Brenda Chapman has been involved with Disney for a very long time, all the way back to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's how long she's been working in some capacity with the Disney company. So she's had she has a, a long-standing career in animation, and this was her brainchild for Pixar as she based the the movie around the relationship between herself and her daughter and put that in the movie obviously the movie uh, is a is a story about the relationship between a mother and daughter two different generations and how they look at the world and she was also supposed to be originally directing this movie she was going to be the first woman director of a Pixar film. And then the uh, former head of Pixar, whose name I refuse to say on this podcast, uh, took her off the project and uh, replaced her replaced her with Mark Andrews, longtime director in various animated movies, Quest for Camelot, Worked on Iron Giant, worked on Osmosis Jones, etc. And a lot of uh, 
Pixar movie, so putting him in the director's position and essentially taking this story away from her. The, the reason given was creative differences. Uh, Mark Andrews would say while he loved the general idea of Chapman's story, f- uh, his words were, the bones of this movie were, were perfect. It was just the connecting tissue of the bones that didn't work. Uh, Chapman would go on to say while she is proud of what ended up in the movie, she is also proud that she stood up for herself and wanting to tell her story her way. Now, I don't know what got cut from this movie, what got changed. I know the title got changed because when this movie was announced and Chapman was both writer and director, the movie was going to be called The Bear and the Bow. Going to be honest, that title makes a lot more sense than Brave. Yeah, it's one of those things of I never really understood the title of this movie. It was that weird phase where Disney wanted to give all of their movies one word titles. Frozen, Up, Brave. Yeah. Also coming off of The Princess and the Frog. I can see Disney going, yeah, we cannot call this movie The Blank and the Blank because that title, that title mechanism is bad luck. Because as we all know, big studios always learn the wrong lessons from their failures. I don't even know. I mean, they try to to weave the word brave and bravery into the wording of into the into the dialogue and even the narration that Merida does, it still doesn't make sense. The thing is, is that there there was a lot of issues originally with Merida. The, the thing is, is I love Merida as a character. She's a great character. Um, I like the way she's portrayed. Um, I love the archery bit because I like archery. Um, one of my favorite reenactment pictures of me has me doing archery. Um, but you know, I, I love that this is Scottish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that Disney does not seem to know what to do with her as a as a legacy character. Like there was a big controversy, I remember when they were adding her to the Disney Princess line, and they girled her up. Well, I mean, I don't like that phrasing, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, they tried to change her look from the movie because in the movie, she's kind of thick for a Disney princess. I mean, comparatively, she's she's like Hollywood thick, you know, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't have that traditional impossible proportion that most of the Disney princesses have. She looks like a normal 
proportioned teenage girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and her hair is very wild and unkempt, which I love, you know? Because she's got more important things to worry about than her hair is the implication. Um, and it's very frizzy and uh, tussled and all that kind of stuff. And so when they added her to the Disney princess line, they glammed up her dress a little bit, which they do to all the Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. They they add glitter and sparkles and stuff to their dresses for their official Disney princess stuff. And I don't know why they do that. It's really annoying to me. Stop doing that. Um, but also they made her proportions slimmer and, you know, more inaccurate to a real person. And then they made her hair like more glamorous and stuff like that and and they they put like makeup on her face yeah they they put makeup on her face which like i'm not saying that merida in the movie doesn't have that kind of natural makeup look but they they definitely glammed her up and a lot of people hated that and it was it was kind of a big controversy and disney backed down which i'm glad they did and so yeah now so, now you have to look up like old pictures of what she was intended to look like the, because they her, made her her normal the, self the first release of the doll actually had this new glam look because they because they made her they they put a new new artwork on the on the princess version that was you know 2d animated to match the other princesses but afterwards they just reused the movie artwork so you have a bunch of 2d princesses and then here's a cg princess and then all the princesses that came after were cg so she did stick out i understand that they wanted to do a slight redesign so that design-wise she would fit in with the other 2D princesses. That I get. But to girl her girl up the tomboy character, it does I mean that it, it, it does uh, a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I just I didn't like that and I don't really like the the like glam princess stuff they do anyway. Mm. Like I'd rather them look like they do in the films. Mm. They they always like I said they always add like glitter and they change the the outfits just a little bit and they change their hair just a little bit and you know and I, I don't really like that. Like, I, I want them to look like they do in the films. That's, that I get, yeah. That's what we fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So let let that be their official portrayal. And you mentioned her hair. Pixar had to create a completely new program 
just for Merida's hair. This is the second time we've talked about how Disney has had to, or Pixar or whatever, has had to come up with new computer stuff. Actually, maybe the third time, because I think they had to do it in Monsters, Inc., too. So, because we, we talked about it for The Incredibles, mm-hmm. and we talked about it with Monsters, Inc., with the fur, and now we're talking about it again with Brave. <laughs> so, this is the consistent thing of hair is always the annoyance mm-hmm. with these CGI movies. Like she does, and she doesn't. I mean, she doesn't have straight hair. She has really wild, curly red hair. I love and, her hair. It's and so and, and and they could have not done that if they really wanted. Like if it was that much of a problem, they could have said, "You know what? We cannot animate this girl's hair believably, so we're just going to straighten her hair out." No, they they said, "No, this girl's going to have red curly hair. It's going to be wild. It's going to be frizzy, and we're going to find a way to make that happen." Staying on Merida, she is voiced in this movie by Kelly McDonald, who has, you know, she's done a bunch of movies, Train Spotting, Finding Neverland. She was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Nanny McPhee. She's done a lot of movies, but she was not the first choice for this movie. Uh, Pixar, Disney, they originally wanted Reese Witherspoon to voice Merida. Uh, unfortunately, Reese Witherspoon could not do a Scottish accent. She went to dialogue coaches, she tried to make it work, and it just apparently sounded horrible. This is her own words. Uh, when she did interviews for Sing a few years later, they straight up asked her, hey, you were supposed to be in Brave, what happened? And her thing was, my Scottish accent sucks. Which points for her for acknowledging that. <laughs> and, you know, they could have forced it through. They could, again, they could have, they could have changed so many things to make it work because there have been studios that have had characters with inconsistent uh, accents or care or parents that have one type of accent and children that have maybe like an American accent or something. But again, for them to to replace the intended lead of this movie because they just could not get the accent down is very interesting. Well, also, it's kind of ridiculous because there are a lot of really good Scottish actors and just cast them, which is kind of what they ended up doing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the people in this movie are just Scottish mm-hmm. anyway. Like Kelly McDonald, who voiced Merida, is Scottish. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy Connolly, Scottish. Robbie Coltrane, Scottish. You know, Craig Ferguson. Scottish, you know, I mean, it's like uh, most of the major characters are voiced by Scottish actors, 
And then you have Emma Thompson, who was, like, born in London, but, like, her mom is Scottish. Mm. So, you know, she would have grown up hearing that accent and everything. Um, Julie Walters, not Scottish, but she's the the witch. And so you can kind of say that, like, maybe she's from somewhere else. And, you know, like, she doesn't necessarily have to be perfect because she's the you know she's she's the mysterious mystical one you know but like pretty much everybody else who's like supposed to be from scotland has some tie to scotland and then there's john ratzenberger because he needs to be in a pixar movie because he's the good luck charm well yeah i mean there there's that and i can i can forgive him that one you know (laughs) but like Basically, everybody else in the cast ended up being Scottish, and it was it would be so weird if they'd have gone through the movie, and it would have been like all these actors with, with who are either Scottish or have ties to Scotland, and then Reese Witherspoon doing a bad Scottish accent. And like I said, it's not that she can't do voice acting. Like I said, she did sing a few years later. Yeah, but. Just I I really like Kelly McDonald in this part. She's really good. Um, and I love Merida as a character. Mm-hmm. She's a good character, and I like her personality. I like the way she's written. They write her so well as a teenage character, and it like yes, this is set in medieval Scotland. But change the setting to modern day and it still works. The, again, it's the core of this movie is two women, mother and daughter of two different generations and how they view the world. That is universal. You can put that story in any time period and it will work. Also, I I, I want to give the shout out to the amount of Celtic music in this movie. Like they go hard on it, and I love them for it. Yeah, it is really interesting that they use um, the Scots language in here, mm-hmm. which a lot of people kind of forget about. So, bravo to them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also use Scottish Gaelic. Mm-hmm. So, they use kind of both languages that are kind of well-known, or well, you know, rooted in that area. Um, and. I like that they didn't, like, just be like, oh, well, you know, there's there's really only one language there, you know? Cause... I'm surprised there isn't a Gaelic dub of this movie. At least not on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever put into, you know, mm-hmm. any any of those languages, but it's kind of fascinating Mm -hmm. 
the thing about it is there this isn't a a musical there's there's only like three songs you know but at least but where they're placed in the movie works again it's montage music it works yeah and then and then there's like the lullaby that is sung between the mother and the daughter and then there's the drinking song that Billy Connolly sings which I think is my favorite it, it, but it does kind of counteract what we, uh, the the scene in Ralph Brace the Internet where the princess talk about singing a very important song and Merida doesn't have a song that she sings. The closest yeah. we get is that song that plays over at the beginning of the movie where she's riding her horse. Yeah. Shout out to Angus, best horse. Yes. I mean, let's get into some story points because I wanna I wanna point out that Angus tried to prevent this movie, but and good for him. Merida just wouldn't let it happen. It's like, no, no, I have to con- I have to do this. I have to follow the. Oh yeah, the will of the wisps. I completely forgot about that because, yeah, that apparently one of the original. The original Bear in the Bow version of this movie was going to feature more of the Celtic mythology in the movie, and uh, they did cut a lot of that, leaving the Will of the Wisp in the movie. Well, the thing is, is that I am really annoyed that Merida is kind of such a doof about this because like a lot of the kind of Celtic mythologies and and stuff like that mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't follow the Fae, and you don't make deals with the Fae. And I know her mom says, like, oh, you saw Will of the Wisp. It says that they'll lead you to your fate. That is never a good thing in Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the kind of Disneyfied version, and I know we're talking about a Disney movie, okay, but, like, loosen up. This is actually the movie that kind of gets it a little bit more right than most Disney movies. But, like, in traditional European folklore, and especially, like, in Celtic folklore, if you see some stuff going down like that, you are an idiot if you follow it. Because it'll lead you to your fate, but that is not a good thing. Okay? So Merida, like, she gets to a circle of stones, and her horse is like, I am not stepping hoof in, in that circle of stones. Thank you. No. There is some bad vibes here. 
nuh-uh. And she's just sitting there in the circle of stones, and she's like, come on, horsey. And the horsey's like, <laughs> no, no, no. Can you not feel the bad vibes, you stupid human? Come back. Come back with me. Do not go into the circle of fairy stones, you know? Mm. And then she turns around and she's like, oh, look, a will-o'-the-wisp. And the horse is like, do not follow the fae creature. And she's like, oh, look, more of them. They want me to go with them. And the horse is like, nope, 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 do not do this. Nice knowing you, Merida. <laughs> yeah. Merida, this is a bad idea, bad idea. And she's like, no, they're cute. Look, they're making little come-hither gestures and cute little chittering noises. And the horse is like, this is certain death. Child, you are going to die. And then she's like, oh, look, and what's on the other end? A witch. Woodcarver. <laughs> yeah, and all, and the horse is like, you are the dumbest broad I have ever met in my entire life. And I do like how the witch kind of cover tries to cover very badly that she's a witch. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm just a humble woodcarver. I don't do witchcraft anymore. Too many bad reviews. Also, Merida's kind of an, an idiot when you think about it. Because, like, okay, at the beginning of the movie, she is six years old. Mm -hmm. And she gets a bow, and she makes the most amazing shot with the bow like I am not an exceptional archer but I know that I pull a heavier weight bow than that six year old I have never lost an arrow that far away from my target like that six year old like, that's like a 200-yard shot right there. <laughs> like, well, she has been watching her father, so she might have learned a few things. Okay. I mean, th that's kind of the reason she wanted the bow in the first place, because she saw her father. That's like a 10-pound draw bow for a six-year-old, okay? That's not flinging an arrow that far. <laughs> Story purposes. Story purposes. Yeah. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that is a magically enchanted arrow there that flings it out into the woods. She sees a will-o'-the-wisp, and she's like, oh, you can forgive her because she's six at the time. Mm -hmm. Okay? Six-year-old's not that smart. And she's like, oh, pretty. I'll follow it. And then it leads her to a bear that eats her dad's leg. Okay, you can forgive her. She was six. She doesn't understand how this, you know, goes together. At 16, she sees a will-o'-the-wisp. And it leads her to, like, 300 will-o'-the-wisps while her horse is going, like, Child, I am about to grab you with my teeth and carry you back to the castle. What are you doing? It leads her to a witch in a house full of wood carvings of nothing but bears. And the and Easter rock. eggs of Pixar movies. Yes. <laughs> but, like, other than those few Easter eggs, every single wood carving in there is of a bear. 
So the will of the wisp leads you when you're six to a bear that eats your dad's leg. You see the will of the wisp again, and it leads you to a woman surrounded by carvings of bears, and she's a witch. And you're like, I want to change my mom. And she's like, okay. Here's always, always, always be clear and concise with your wishes. The details matter. Yes, she she just kind of makes a vague want to a witch. And the witch is like, yeah, I got the perfect thing for that. Yeah, no, do not trust the woman in the weird bear-filled house in the woods. Your family has a thing with bears. This should be a tip-off. Yeah. But the whole thing comes from Merida and her mother, the queen, and their and their viewpoints on everything. Because she, I mean, as as the movie progressed through this up to that point, is that the queen wants her daughter to be a prim and proper princess, essentially from birth. A princess does not use weapons. A princess does not gavel around. The, a princess does not chortle. A princess does not have any fun at all. And Merida is tired of it. I'm a free spirit, Mom. I'm 16 years old, Mom. I'm an adult now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I had to. <laughs> well, sadly, she's old enough to get betrothed. At least they just say betrothed and not we're having the wedding on the day of your 16th birthday. Mm. Hint, hint, older Disney. Yeah. But yeah, Merida has that fear. She's not ready to get married. She's not ready to go through all of this pomp and circumstance. Her favorite day is her off day where she doesn't have to do schooling where she doesn't have to be her for lack of a better term princess training where she can just be herself and ride her horse up anywhere she wants to go and honestly that was the trailer for the movie was here is this girl who wants who is you know the the original original trailer the teaser trailer when this movie was announced it's merida riding a horse on a countryside and meeting the will of the wisp. And then Brave. When I first saw that trailer, I thought, oh, we're getting Scottish Mulan. We're getting this woman. She's she, she can climb rocks and she rides horses and she uses swords and bows and she's going to be this heroic warrior woman. And what do we get? Scottish Brother Bear. Yeah. I gotta say, I mean, spoiler alert, but I was just so disappointed when I saw this in the theater because was I. I was, I was like you. I saw the trailer for this and I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then I saw it and I was like, mm. I, I, I really wonder what got changed from the original Bear in the Bow movie. Was this the intent? Was this the movie? Maybe if it had more of the mythology, maybe if we had, you know, actual showing of us of the evil prince from long ago who became the bear. Yeah. 
and not just told in dialogue. Because if you're not really paying attention to the movie, you're not going to get that because it's all in dialogue. Like we get the 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 story that the queen tells Merit, the old king that died and left one fourth of his kingdom to his four sons. And the one jealous son who wanted the entire kingdom for himself. So he goes, and then we get the second half of that story with the witch. I once gave this potion to a prince who wanted his fate changed. He gave it, he gave him the strength of ten men. And then Merida puts two and two together. Oh no, the evil bear that's been terrorizing our family is the evil prince from long ago who got turned into a bear. I feel like that should have been shown, not told. I mean, they kind of do show it a little bit when the, when Merida and her mom as bear falls into the ruined castle and Merida realizes like, wait, this is the, the prince from the story and you know? And the story of the prince mirrors the story of Merida in that he wanted to change his fate. Merida wants to change her fate. And but they took two different paths to get there. And as the witch says, the only way to break the spell is to mend the bonds. And clearly the prince did not want to mend the bonds. He wanted to rule over all. Can't rule over all and then make peace with the three brothers that you're trying to massacre. And the four brothers mirroring the four clans that we have in here. Uh, Clan Dingwall, Clan Macintosh. And uh, Clan McGuffin. Clan McGuffin. And of course, the ruling clan, uh, Clan Dumbrook funny thing is clan macintosh actually wears the same uh pattern on their outfits that the real clan macintosh wears just a different color yeah and i love that disney actually created original tartans Mm -hmm. for the other three clans the dunbrock the dingwall and mcguffin and then um, they actually had them registered with the Registry of Tartans. Which upset some people in Scotland because they didn't like the idea of fictional characters being recognized by their government, even though the same government recognizes Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that, like, and the thing is, is, like, the McDuck Tartan was recognized like decades ago <laughs> in the 40s again Scrooge McDuck comics came out in the 40s so it's like he's not a relatively new character that just suddenly popped up in 80 Saturday morning cartoons so uh, I'm okay with that but yeah the fact that Disney uh Pixar whatever actually went through the the effort to create exclusive tartans for each of the for the three other clans uh and rather than just making them generic or stealing them from other clans uh kudos to them and to be honest 
Kiki, let's say you're Merida and these three boys are your suitors. You'd probably fight for your own hand, too. Yeah, I mean that or or maybe you just, you know, your your betrothed suffers a unfortunate accident. I like how Merida says, uh, yes, uh, we are sorry Princess Merida has has rejected all three of your sons as suitors. We accept your declarations of war in the morning. Yeah. Like, this woman, this young woman was willing to have her clan go to war with her own allies just because she didn't want to get married. Which, uh, I kind of agree with her for because like I said she says she's not ready for marriage she's not ready for the responsibility of being a royal she just wants to be herself for just a little while longer and the fact I mean her plan is flawless at first like she says you know it's gonna be the firstborn of each clan Merida is the firstborn of her clan and she chooses art, you know, the princess gets to choose. She chooses archery and she bests all three boys, including the one who accidentally hit the bullseye. And that's the whole thing. That's where it all comes up is that, you know, Merida, you are ruining these traditions. You have embarrassed us. You have embarrassed your kingdom. You have embarrassed our allies just for your own. Uh, in her, in the queen's opinion, selfish desires. And yeah, it's this thing between these two characters. Like, the mother wants the daughter to listen, the daughter wants the mother to listen, but they just do not want to listen to each other. Like, you listen to me, I won't listen to you. Which starts this whole thing to, I need to change my mother so she can call off this betrothal so I can continue living my life until there comes a time if there comes a time where I'm ready to get married where I'm ready to take on the responsibilities of being the queen and I love how her whole thing is that when she finally talks to her mother and expresses her feelings she draws her sword like that moment in her room when she heard her mom are just talking she draws her sword not that she wants to start a fight with her mom. It's sort of like a confidence booster. Like, she has no intention of hurting her mother. But she just needs to get her quite literal point across. Both mother and daughter destroying something that means a lot to the other person. Also breaking the bonds between mother and daughter, how we see the queen making this very elaborate tapestry of the royal family, and Merida just slices it with her sword, and ma- and the mother, who has hated that bow since day one, throwing it in the fireplace, and the instant regret both have over that, that was actually pretty well animated. Yeah. I love that the the mother does not realize what she has done until she hears the snap of the bowstring in the fire. Mm. Like, it's such a visceral moment. Like, you can tell she has wanted to throw that bow in that fireplace since day one. But because that bow means so much to Merida, she hasn't. 
And in that moment of pure rage, she just throws it in there without a second thought. And then here's a snap and like, oh, crap, what did I do? I also, uh, we never see any of the transformations in the movie. We never see the queen transforming into a bear. It's just she eats the cake. She gets sick. She has a blanket over her. She gets up bear. The tapestry is over the queen. Sunlight hits her. Human. I don't know if they even wanted or even could animate a convincing transformation sequence, but I kind of like that it's never shown. I mean, I I liked that as well, because I, I didn't want it to be like, you know, Beauty and the Beast, where it's like, oh, you know. Or even here, Wolfman. Here comes here comes the bear, you know, mm. flying into the air at the end, and there's glitter and you know light, and then the mom, you know, I like that it just kind of happens off screen all the time. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best bits about the animation that I'm gonna give them is that. They did such a great job at animating Bear Mom at the beginning when she still mostly got her human mind. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to be the delicate queen. Putting her little tiara on and trying to act like a queen and just cl- bear claws. Yeah, but like, you know, in that. In that first scene when the, when she doesn't realize she's a bear yet and she's looking at her shredded dress and she's picking it up so delicately and, you know, and, yeah, all the little things about, like, her trying to adjust the crown on her head and making sure that she's, you know, sitting down daintily to eat as a bear, you know. Forging uh, fork and knives and using a leaf as a napkin. Yeah, I mean, it's... And and Merida, of course, is, like, trying to teach her, like, how to hunt and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, Merida has done before because she's got the bow and arrow and she likes being out in nature and all that kind of stuff. You know, the mom is absolutely appalled at having to like catch her own fish and things like that i also will give them the credit for not going the disney route and having and having the animals talk yeah that's a good one they could have they could have had just had the queen's voice come out of the bear normally and then have that that have that go but the dynamic is better with the mother not being able to communicate with Merida and Merida originally kind of having a a game of it. I'm sorry. I don't speak bear. One of the best things about it is that we see at the beginning of the movie that the queen kind of walks all over Merida. Hmm. She is very, overbearing haha pun intended Mm -hmm. 
whenever Merida tries to assert herself or explain things or question things, she is immediately shut down by her mother. Her mother is just, you know, I am the queen and you will listen to me and this is the end of the discussion. You will be a prim and proper princess. You will do this. You will do that. As yeah. long as you live under my castle, you will live by my rules. Yeah. And the good thing about once she's in her bear form and not being able to talk is that while she does have some communication, you know, with gestures and grunts and stuff, Merida finally gets to have her say. Like, her mom just kind of has to listen at that point. Yeah, because she just talks at Merida. She doesn't really talk to Merida. There's yeah, a difference. or with. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and there is a difference between talking at, talking to, and talking with. But Merida finally getting, a, for lack of a better term, a word in in how this whole thing is going down. And her... Uh, it does change, um, it does get Merida what she wants, and it does change her mother, her because she finally gets to see Merida's side of the story, and really, not really in a position to dismiss it. Like, that's because she knows Merida's view that she doesn't want to get married, she doesn't want to go through all of this, this pomp and circumstance. Merida just wants to live her own life. And pre-bear, the queen is like, nah, we have traditions. You have to go do this, this, and this. You will do this, this, and this. But now afterwards, actually, actually listening to Merida and actually seeing how much all of this means to her does change the queen's mind on things, even going as far as to allow Merida to make the choice that the the eldest of each of the four clans should decide for themselves who they marry, who they get betrothed to, if they choose to get betrothed to anyone. Uh, the fathers kind of switch it up. I really misunderstand it. Oh, they're, you know, they'll win Merida's heart before they win her hand. It's like, I don't think you quite understand what she's trying to say here, but we need a happy ending for this movie, so we're going to go with it. I do like, it's probably one of the funniest scenes in the movie, is the um, the messenger cauldron. Hello, I'm not at home right now. Please pour a violin after the beep. Yeah, and I like the, the thing about, like, if you would like to talk to a live homunculus. <laughs> That's probably my favorite line in the movie. The the interesting thing is is that you wonder how long that guy has been stuck in bear form. Some of those castles in Scotland are still in pretty good condition, even if they haven't been lived in and kept up. Mm -hmm. And that thing is in ruins. And the mom is telling the story of, like, long ago, before anybody really remembers. Long enough that the story became legend, but also you have to put into the into it that, as Merida says, their kingdom is relatively new, with her father being the first king of this kingdom. 
So you can balance that how balance that however you want. Yeah, but I'm I'm still saying like even the witch was like, boy, I haven't done this spell in a long time. The last one that showed up here was a prince and you know also are there any real bears in this kingdom because when they do end up killing mordu the the evil bear prince guy mm-hmm. he turns into a will of the wisps and uh, and all the other will of the wisps are like oh welcome brother you know mm-hmm. Like, are all of the Will of the Wisps just, like, victims of this witch? Possibly. Like, is every bear you end up killing in this kingdom, like, some poor sod who is like, I I just want to be able to, you know, forge my own path. I don't want to be a farmer. I want to be a bard or something. And then, then, like, the witch is like, ah, bear for you. Like... Her solution to everything is bear. Yeah, I mean, like... He's obsessed with bears. I guess. I mean, all of her wood carvings are bears. We mentioned that. And all of her spells seem to also be bear-related. So are all the furs they're wearing just like some poor human that ran afoul of this witch? Ooh, that's a, that is something Disney does not want to have a conversation about. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this movie just got dark. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the implication. hmm And after they were killed and skinned and their soul leaves their body and then they become Will-o'-the-Wisps. Yeah. I love the relationship between the king and Merida. These two are so close and they have very similar personalities. Like the princess is sitting right next to the king and they're doing their little riffs on each of the suitors. And again, she wants she wanted the bow in the first place because her father was using one. And it's like there's this great relationship between the two of them. So when when this big fight is about to happen between the four clans before Merida starts her little speech, he just gets up and he says, none of your sons are worthy of my daughter. And it's like, you know, that's the first smart thing you said in this entire movie, your highness. <laughs> but I that's mean, just me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really funny, like the boasts that the the fathers are doing about their sons mm-hmm. you know it's like my son killed a thousand right of the rival clan and then it's like well my son sunk three viking ships and killed two thousand of the invaders you know and it's like well my son took down an entire roman legion you know it's like and, like, Merida is interested at first because look at the size of this Schwarzenegger-level swole guy. And then, no, 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 not him. The guy behind him. Oh. <laughs> not that she would be into that, but she was like, oh, yeah, this guy looks like he could actually kill off an entire Legion on his own. Oh, he's not the guy. 
like one actually looks like he's physically fit and can do the deed. The other one actually shows off that he can, you know, he's breaking a tree, a tree stump with his bare hands. Okay. Those two look like they could potentially do what their fathers are saying. And then there's the third one who's an idiot. The thing is, is that, is that Meredith's not wrong with the, the one with the, the body paint and stuff that like, He's the the quote unquote good looking one that like when they're doing the archery contest and all the girls in the background are like, oh, you know, he does the peck dance. <laughs> yeah, he does the peck dance when he first comes in and everything. The thing is, is like he would have been maybe an OK choice if he, if he, if he didn't lose his temper. Yeah. And that's the thing is that at first he seems like. Maybe a little bit cocky, but that's okay if you can back it up. He got close to the bullseye, but did not get it, and then he just lost his cool. Yeah, and and Meredith's thing is like, oh yeah, that's a good look. Which is, you know, she's right. That's like a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to be around that guy. Like, she complimented the guy. Well, yeah, he at least he hit the target. If the other, if the, if the third guy hadn't have like accidentally gotten a bullseye, that guy would have been the winner, you know? Mm -hmm. If he kept his cool. Yeah, if he kept his cool, you know? And like, may, you know, maybe he's, he's not like a bad guy, you know? You don't, you don't know. But like immediately it's red flag because he's like, Ah, it didn't go exactly my way, you know, and then you're like, mm, You want me to marry that guy? That's not the guy you want to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know anything about these guys. We know that their fathers are coming out and giving boasts, but that doesn't mean anything. Because we're sure just be making that- it up. We're sure that the boasts are being made up, you know. Yeah. We don't actually know anything about their personalities until they get on the archery field. And what we see of them is not really looking that great. I want to quickly talk about the brothers, the triplets, these little demons from hell. Because they're little brothers, that's what they do. And in typical big sister fashion, it and in part of part of what aggravates Merida and her mother is that, as she says, her little brothers get to do whatever they want, and there's no punishment. She does even one thing that she wants to do, and she and she never hears the end of it from her mother. They never say the phrase boys will be boys, but that does get that is kind of the feeling you get with the queen and her three sons versus her eldest daughter. I think it's just because she is going to have to be the backbone of a kingdom, you know? But it's also, you're the oldest, you're supposed to be the responsible one. I mean, there is some of that. The thing is, is that 
you can kind of see how the queen is the one that holds this kingdom together. The respect that the clans have for her. All she has to do is stand up and walk. And the it's like the Red Sea party. And they just move out of her way. The level of respect they have for her. Yeah. Even the king will just sit, will lower his head and say yes, dear, to the queen. I don't know how she was able to get all four of their ears pulled, but she did it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that it does show the level of of respect. And yeah, she is literally... The fact that everything falls apart when she becomes a bear and she's not there to keep these four boys yes these four boys that are leaders of their clans in line because it just it almost breaks into war because she's not there to keep the keep the peace between the four of them so it does show how how much the queen is needed in this kingdom and that is what she is preparing merida for in that role and I don't know, maybe Merida and Merida clearly is saying that she's not ready for that yet. Although she does grow into it in the film with her big speech. Yeah. With very little prompting from the queen. Now, the queen does start some prompting and, hey, you know, keep going, keep going. Say, you know, you know dial it back. But she, you know, Merida, yeah, Merida does show that she has the potential to be a great queen one day. Another one of my favorite bits is the uh, we mentioned, you know, that when when the queen still has her right mind, she's walking upright and then she starts to lose herself, becoming more and more feral, walking on all fours and just almost attacking Merida before she catches herself, attacking her husband before catching herself. The longer she's in this form, the longer she loses herself and becomes more and more feral which is probably what happened to 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 Moreland the bear yeah but the thing is is that you know that mordu wanted to be mordu wanted that he yeah he from what the the witch says and stuff like he wanted to be stronger than everybody else and you know all that kind of stuff so the bear thing made sense to him. I guess it's like the only spell the witch knows. I don't know. I wanted to bring this up earlier, but it kind of slipped my mind. Does this fall under the new Disney banner of, since Mordu is not an active antagonist in this movie, Mordu is just a wild animal. So there really isn't a true villain in this movie. I mean, yeah, the real villain is, you know, the the broken family thing. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is I think this is the movie that does it kind of the worst of all of them. Mm. Because the final resolution is not as clear as it should be. When I first watched this, I called this the movie that got solved by sewing. Because I legitimately thought her 
mending the tapestry was what did it. And that's what Merida thinks too. Mend what was broken. And she thinks, oh, I'll mend the torn tapestry and that'll fix everything. And if you're not paying attention, yes, that will look like that's what happened. But of course, mending the bonds means mending the bond between mother and daughter. But the thing is, they don't really show them mending the bond between mother and daughter. Like, she just kind of goes like, oh, come back to me, mom. And then she covers her with the mended tapestry, which makes it seem like the tapestry had something to do with it. As opposed to just her having the tapestry with her and Mm. them needing something to cover the naked queen when she turns back into human form. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it makes it seem like presenting her mom with the mended tapestry was what did it. It's it's a little muddled. And I think that, you know, I was a grown-ass adult when I watched this movie, and I had checked out enough that, like, I didn't completely get it. So if you're a little kid, I'm not entirely sure that you're going to quite understand that. Yeah. Again, I don't know if this is a leftover piece from that original Bear in the Bow story, but I feel like it could have been explained better. Like I said, if you're not paying attention, then yeah, that's what you're going to think. The mending of the bond between mother and daughter needed more attention. And I feel like... They try to, like, she's defending her mother. She's talking about all the times her mother was there for her. And and that's fine, but I feel like that ending moment needed to breathe a little more or something to let the audience know definitely it's the bond between mother and daughter. Yeah, if she'd have, if she'd have gone like, look, I fixed the tapestry. Everything's better now. Why isn't it working? Why? Why? But I fixed it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then was like, no, I did everything right. I just want my mother back. I love my mother, you know, or whatever. And then something happened. That is the only time where we kind of needed the Beauty and the Beast light show. Or or something. Yeah. You know, the the mass under the tapestry to shrink a little bit or something, you know, like... Something you obvious. Know, you know, so, something obvious, but her run to her father and cry in his arms and then you hear the mother's voice or something, you know, like... Mm-hmm. It needed to be something more obvious that the tapestry is not what did it. Because honestly, to me, in the theater... That did not come across to me or to the people I was watching it with. Mm-hmm. Because everyone I I went to the theater with, I, f- I forget who exactly it was, but there were a couple of people I went to the theater with and we were all convinced it was the tapestry. And we thought it was kind of silly. Uh, I, uh, I It's one of the few things that that kind of soured me on the movie. Like, when I first saw this movie in theaters, I did not like this movie. I'm going to be very honest. I did not like this movie when when it came out. 
again, part of it is the expectation that the trailer set up as this being this Scottish Mulan type movie of Merida being this, you know, oh, she's a girl. She can't have, she can't do all of these heroic acts. And then it just being Scottish brother bear. So that was already the disappointment in the theater of me watching the movie. But the 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 mending the bonds between mother and daughter could have been ha- could have been handled a lot better the finale could have been a little bit more uh clear and it kind of wasn't well here's the thing this is my other question mm-hmm. why was the bond not mended when the mother decided that all the firstborns could choose when and who they married. Good point. I didn't think about that. That should have been, but then we would still have half an hour of movie left. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. What did Merida need to learn in this situation? Because the thing is, is that Merida never Like, Merida never hated her mother, really. She just wanted her mother to, like, listen to her and understand her point of view. I mean, the fact that she went through all of that to change her mother, and I guess she just needed to learn to have her mother as she was. Like she ne- but, never, she never specifically said what she wanted to change about her mother. She's now we, the audience, know she wants to change her mother's mind and her opinions on the whole marriage thing. But she didn't say that to the witch, and the witch just get a bear potion here, eat this cake, be a bear. And and I guess that she needed to go back from the I just wanted to change my mother to I want my mother as she was. Again, that should have been made more clear in the movie. But the thing is, she didn't want her mother as she was. She wanted her mother to listen to her. She did want her mother to change because, frankly, her mother needed to change. I mean, I hate to say it, but the mom was in the wrong. And except for going to dodgy witches and giving your mother potions that you don't know what they do, uh, what did Merida le- need to learn here? To be brave. Cause that's the title of this movie. And that is the ending narration implication that you need to be brave, but brave for what? I mean, brave to tell your mom to go suck an egg? Like, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, what was the lesson that the protagonist needed to learn other than don't trust the fae? Which is a really good lesson. Kids, don't trust the fae. Like, duh. You know, if you're with an animal and it's like, I'm not going into that creepy place, trust the animal. 
you know, if your horse or your dog or your cat's hissing at something, like, do, do listen to that animal. But, um, Merida kind of started the movie in the right, and other than dosing her mom with weird potions, kind of stayed in the right. Yeah. You, yeah. I, again, I, I don't know. Part I mean, of kids me really... do not dose your parents with dubious drugs. Maybe. But it's like, I don't know. It's one of those situations. There are two Disney movies, and only two, as far as I, for me personally, for me personally, there are two Disney movies that I've always wondered is the original movie the better movie? Which, I mean, the original concept before they changed everything, would that have been the better movie? One of them is Brave. Is the bear and the bow, whatever was the original intent of the movie, would that have been a better movie? The other movie, and I know I'm going to get hate for it, I know I'm going to get hate for it, is The Emperor's New Groove. Would Kingdom of the Sun been a better movie than Emperor's New Groove? Would The Bear and the Bow been a better movie than Brave? Those have been my big two questions with Disney movies for all of these years. And part of me kind of wants to lean towards yes. Because <laughs> we don't know. The original script has never been made public. The original story treatment has never been made public. Um... Brenda Chapman has said that she is satisfied with the way the movie turned out. Everyone involved with the movie has said that this is the general bones of what Brenda Chapman wanted this movie to be. But I always felt like, what got taken out? What was the thing that made the head of Pixar say, no, this isn't working? And, what, and we've seen situations where executives and studio heads will say this isn't working only to be proven wrong. Case in point, Nimona last year. Yeah. Dis Disney said this movie ain't working. The It was released as it was and people love it and I loved it. So the question is what got changed? What was taken out? What was altered? What was the original intention of this film? We'll never know. At least with Kingdom of the Sun, Sting's wife made a documentary, so we kind of know what the original movie was about. We don't have that for this. Yeah. So we'll never know. So let's ask the question. Kiki, does Brave, while it does have magic in it, does Brave have the magic? <sighs> I'm going to say yes, but it's a qualified yes just because I love Merida so much. I'm going to say no. I did not like this movie when it came out. I still don't. And I, I love it, Merida and everything else in the movie kind of... No. So Merida tips it just barely into the magic category for me, but everything else is kind of meh. Yeah, it's it's one of the few Disney animated movies I do not have in my collection. And I have almost all of them in my collection. That's how much I did not like this movie. 
I love the character of Merida. I wish she was in a better movie. The people who play Merida in the parts are so good and get this character down so right. And it's so I went to Disneyland last year. The the cast member they have there playing Merida is so perfect and so wonderful and so awesome. Merida is one of those characters that if you go to a Disney park, you need to see her. But I just wish this character was in a better movie. Same. So uh, if you love this movie, more power to you. I I still I I still can't all these years later. I I I I can't. I'm sorry. All right. So that's all we have to say on Brave. As for next week, we are staying in this type of fantasy world, but we're taking it into live action with Disney's live action musical series, Gallivant. And I'm going to love talking about this because we get to talk about Alan Menken again. Yay! So come back next week for season one of Gallivant. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye! Don't trust Faye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversations on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Rewatching the Magic. We are on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at Rewatch the Magic. And new episodes are available every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. Podcasts are fun. But there's work to be done. We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support. The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at ACLU.org. The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org. The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at thetrevorproject.org. Or find a way to help in your area.